You're listening to episode 24 of the Junto Podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by pastors Michael Smith and Haley Bryant, and together we are the pastoral staff of Victory Church of the Mid-South. In this episode, we have a fantastic dialogue on Holy Week and Jesus. Thanks for stopping by and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Junto Podcast, episode 24. We're here with the lead team of Victory Church, the pastoral team, and what what an awesome opportunity. We're going to be talking about Holy Week and the significance of that today, and uh, I know you might be thinking, why Holy Week? What is what is up with Holy Week? And I, I'll tell you from a personal perspective why I think it's important. For me growing up, like Holy Week wasn't emphasized. I'll be honest with you, like it was later in my adult life uh, that I really learned about the different days, the significance. You know, we, we we know kind of the events when we read the Gospels, what was going on with Jesus uh, leading up to the crucifixion. But in terms of Holy Week, how that has affected us after the fact and, you know, 2,000 years later, uh, I thought it would be very important not only for old believers, but I'm thinking I have new believers in mind as well. I mean, think about that. Uh, if you think uh, someone who's just recently come to Christ and they we're approaching this uh, Easter season, what does Holy Week mean? You know, what does this all mean? What are the different days and the significance? So I just thought it would be awesome to have a conversation on that. And of course, I thought it would be fitting to have that conversation with both of you. I know that you have... <laughs> Amazing input uh, with your backgrounds. I consider both of you to be uh, Biblatorians. Uh, you know your Bible. And so let's just dive right in. Let's have some conversation. Pastor, I want to start with you. Uh, in your experience, I know you have mentioned, you know, you've read the Bible through once every year since you were in college. And now with the knowledge that you've gained, not only through the reading of the Word, but the significance of Eastern Holy Week coming up. What are your first thoughts uh, about this season, about Holy Week? Well, first of all, thank you, Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Haley. I uh, have had the privilege of being able to meet and sit with some of the most amazing leaders in the body of Christ. And I'd rather be right here than anywhere. Wow. I just awesome. have, I just want everybody to know how much respect and love I have for this team mm. and what we have going here at Victory. And, Praise God. Um, I'm grateful for the goodness and the grace of God on all of our lives. Uh, <clears throat> I think probably the the real seed thought for this whole thing is that those three days and expanded into the Holy Week, but particularly uh, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Resurrection Sunday, mm -hmm. literally are the hinge point of history. Wow! Everything hangs on it. the The Messiah didn't come at the beginning of time. Uh, he certainly will come back at the end of the world as we know it. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's necessarily the end of existence, but I think it's the end of the way we know things. Wow. Uh, but he came in the middle of history, and in that he brought and did this phenomenal finished work at the cross wow. in his death, his burial, his resurrection. Those three days are, are both the hinge point of history because he rolled back all the way to Adam, the sin that became part of the human race, wow. and also reconciled and forgave forward, became mm. the savior of the world. In that act, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not only the hinge point of history, but <clears throat> I, I believe it's um, like the bookends yeah. of everything. It holds everything that we believe together Wow! because it was the fulfillment 
of the long promise that began in Genesis 3.15, that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the, the seed of the serpent. Wow. And uh, that was fulfilled at the cross. Goodness gracious, powerful. Pastor Haley, uh, just, you know, initially, you know, talking about Holy Week and maybe even piggybacking off what he said, what are your thoughts or what what has been a unique perspective uh, that you've learned uh, over the years regarding the significance of this event? Right. So I think my background is a little bit varied in the different um, churches that I grew up in, even until my um, arrival here at Victory Church. And so in the different churches, it was um, maybe emphasized more if you came from maybe a more liturgical um, setting or liturgical background. (laughs) And so I remember as a child talking through the different days and learning about the significance of the different days. And for me, it was really just to sharpen my focus to what happened on the cross. Goodness, yeah. To sharpen my focus leading up to what did Christ endure, what did He go through to leading up to the cross, which was the ultimate act mm. of sacrifice Beautiful. and obedience. Yeah. And, and even now, as an adult, when I read through the accounts in the Gospels, it just reminds me to weigh everything <clears throat> against the cross. Man. My perspective what my my desires, my focus, everything weighed against the cross. And in light of the cross, do these things matter? Yes. Do these things hold significance? How do they bear up under that? And so um, for me, Holy Week is, I think, a tool to, to refocus me. Wow. It's a tool to get me on track again and remind me that ultimately Christ, His ultimate goal his whole reason for being here was obedience to the Father. Goodness. And so it keeps things in perspective in my life and in the choices and decisions that I'm making. That's awesome. Can I jump on Please. that? Please. Yes, sir. I, I think that what Pastor Haley just said regarding the, the central importance of the cross mm. makes the Bible become a whole new book. Yes. It's not just wow. something that all of a sudden God interrupts and we've got this whole new way of doing things in the new covenant. Right. But now I have to put on a cross-centered lens, a set of glasses, and I go back and I reinterpret everything in the old through the light of what God did on the cross, and it becomes a whole new book. Yes. Whole new. Yeah. And that's that's awesome. Uh, It's so powerful, and you're exactly right, you know, because this event does change our perspective. Like you said, it changes absolutely everything. And, you know, you gain that knowledge, and you read with that perspective in mind, and then you go back, like you mentioned, and it absolutely changes the way that you interpret uh, the events. This, yeah. this, this, these passages uh, in the Gospels for me, uh, and I'm going to get into it in a little bit, but man, I, I put in one of my questions that I'm going to ask in just a minute, but it feels as you're reading that almost like a crescendo. You know, you feel, yeah. you feel this increase in, uh, I don't know, I guess it's, it's the spirit, I, w- I would even say. But for those uh, who might be wondering Holy Week, so that starts this year, April 10th. Uh, goes through the 16th, and of course, that starts with Palm Sunday. Now, as you read the account of Palm Sunday in Scripture, it's also known as the triumphal entry, right? And, you you know, we know just based on what we've read and and what people were expecting in terms of a king, that when they see Jesus walking or or riding in on that donkey, you know, in their mind, there is, uh, there's our king, right? And I think their perspective was that Jesus was going to come and he was going to rule in the earthly manner 
that a king does. And looking back on this, I, I said in my question here that uh, it's almost bittersweet, you know, because you see the victorious moment that Jesus is having, but yet even in his own mind, he knew what was awaiting him. And looking back in history now, we know what was awaiting Jesus. So I want to pose a question. How important is the symbolism here um, regarding the prophecy we read in Zechariah 9.9 that, you know, he prophesied of the one who would come uh, riding in? Uh, But how important is that symbolism here, the triumphal entry of Jesus? And, And I would even say the hearts and minds of the people, how you see how one day they're praising Jesus, but yet a short time later, they're yelling out to crucify him. So uh, whoever wants to jump in on that first, what's what's your perspective on that? You know, I think you hit on something. An earthly perspective would be that a king would ride in maybe with a chariot or on a majestic horse. But what we see is that a stallion, our king, rides in on a donkey. donkey. I think it's so reflective of his entire life. He was born in a humble, very humble, you know, lowly way, lived a humble life. He was a carpenter. And then... (laughs) His death march, really, essentially, he's riding in on the donkey. He didn't come in the way that people expected. He wasn't that lamb, I mean, that lion that came with the rule, but he was the lamb that was being led to the slaughter. He wasn't the lion or, you know, the great, majestic, mighty king that we needed, but he was the lamb, Wow, you know, that we needed. So it was, to me, reminiscent, reflective of his entire life. Wow. That's a good, good uh, point, Pastor Haley. Uh, Awesome perspective. It uh, is indicative of the whole upside-down kingdom yes. that he's come to establish. Right. Because he didn't come to be served, but he came right. to, serve, to serve, give his life as a ransom for right. many, as the Gospels say. Uh, <clears throat> it was everything opposite to the Roman Empire, yes. mm. which is what the nation of Israel at that particular time was suffering under the oppressive forces of the wow. expanding Roman Empire around the Mediterranean. Right. Um, Everything about the way they did things smacked of power and grandeur, a grandiose kind of demonstration of we've got this and you better bow down. Absolutely. Jesus bowed down intentionally. He Mm. stooped very low is what the psalmist said. Philippians 2 talks about the kenosis where he emptied himself and became a man became obedient to death, literally a servant of servants, a slave, one translation says. Right. And kings don't ride in on donkeys, as right. Pastor Goodness Haley already gracious. aptly said. Yeah. A donkey is a very lowly beast of burden, a work animal. It's wow. not a you know, great white horse, a stallion of some kind, the way Caesar would ride in on. Right. Wow. And so Jesus was all about showing folk that this whole kingdom that they're looking for is entirely different than what they're thinking. You can't look at the world empire Mm. and expect the kingdom of God. And that's sometimes I think the church has confused that a little bit. Come on, Pastor. And their their grasp for power, whether it's political or whether it's influence in any kind of way, if if God graciously gives us influence in our community, it's not because we demand it and grasp for it. It's because we bow low and we serve the people that God's called us to. That's everything. That is uh, that is absolutely everything. And it's it's awesome that we're relating that back. Pastor Haley, you you mentioned right offhand, it is indicative of his whole life. You know, born in a manger, you know, born uh, in, in probably a stinky, dirty barn, mm. essentially, right. you know. And it, not only that, but he lived his life. Pastor, you mentioned that that it's about serving, getting underneath, you know, whereas we're used in the, in the earthly realm, we think of kings and people bowing before them. But man, what makes... Uh, 
are what makes Christianity, in my view, so unique. And you say this all the time. You know, we read in Mark that he didn't come to to be served, but he came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And we see on a Sunday. I really want to paint that picture, people. If you could imagine in your mind, Jesus is riding in, and the word tells us that people are throwing, you know, palm leaves, and they're shouting, "Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest, Hosanna to the King!" And you can imagine in your mind what was going on in that scene because people were filled with an expectation. And that brings me to past the triumphal entry. We There are a couple of things that happened throughout that week that we now know is Holy Week. Uh, just for points of reference, it tells us on Monday that uh, the Monday before during that week, it says on the way back into the city uh, from Bethany where Jesus and the 12 spent the night, Jesus became hungry. He sent a fig tree with no fruit on it. Uh, though it was full of leaves and thus have uh, been full of fruit. And then Jesus spoke a curse on that tree. Um, some significant things there that happened on that Monday. And then we see also there's mention during that week of significance of the washing of the feet. That's another aspect right. where Jesus, man, Jesus uh, became the servant, you know, and he right. was washing the feet of the disciples, the Savior, the King, uh, Expound on that. What are any thoughts or just uh, any other input on that? I, I just think it's significant because we're talking about the servanthood of Jesus, and man, that was demonstrated in that moment. Absolutely, Pastor Helen. Sure, yeah. I think if you read through the accounts leading up to really his his arrest and his trial, you see that Jesus really, um, I think, hit on everything that was important to him. And when he cleanses the temple and he casts down all the hypocrites or the self-serving wow. people and really calls out, you know, my father's house will be a house of prayer when he curses the fig tree because it may look beautiful and it has leaves, but it's not bearing any fruit. fruit. It's not effective because what's on the Ooh. inside is not, you know, producing anything that's effective for my kingdom. Wow. We see throughout that week where he really, I think, emphasizes the things that are important to him in the last maybe messages that he wants to get across. You know, my people will be a people that will bear much fruit. It's not just about how you look on the outside, but what is coming forth on the inside will show on the outside. Mm, the mm. importance of taking care, really, really mm. what's the motivation of your heart when it comes to caring for others. In the last days, people will say, well, I did this in your name and I did this in your name. And he says, right, but you, you never, I never knew you, you know, wow. I never knew you. And so he really emphasizes, I think the most important things that last week um, and, and shows himself to be the ultimate servant. Like you said, with the washing of feet, wow. with the importance of self-sacrifice of putting others before himself. We see all of that in the choices and the decisions that he makes leading up to his arrest and crucifixion. Goodness gracious. Right. Awesome. You know, you mentioned, he said, my house should be called a house of prayer. And it actually goes on to say for all nations. Yes. Wow. Interesting that the place where the legalistic system of Judaism at that point was that they were the only ones and everybody else were dogs. Right. Goodness. And they'd yep. lost that sense of God's intention in Exodus 19 was that he would make the covenant people of Israel a priestly nation to the nations. To the wow. Right. And they turned that down. And so God basically said, okay, well, we'll make the tribe of Levi the priestly tribe to you guys. And hopefully over the next several thousand years, you can learn what, we, what you're missing here. Wow. And so Jesus came along and because he so loved the world, not just that nation. Right. right. 
and showed this thing is way bigger than you guys realize, which I think is so, so important for all of us. The dream that God has for each of our lives is far bigger than any of us Goodness. can imagine. Um, and then the whole cursing of the fig tree thing, I think that's so amazing because the fig tree in Scripture always represented Israel. Goodness. Yeah. And if you'll remember, in the garden, when Adam and Eve first committed high treason, the first thing they did was they covered themselves with aprons sewn together out of fig, fig leaves. leaves. That's right. So from the very beginning, the fig tree has carried this symbolism of wow. religious covering, yeah. which is so so symbolic of the, the, the condition that Israel was in. And Jesus said, you guys have all the foliage. You've got yes. all the outward Man. expression of this, but yeah. there's no fruit growing here. He cursed it, and he basically laid an ax to the root of that mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to do a whole new thing. Right. We're going we're to get a whole new tree. Come on. I, I love, I just love how Jesus operates here. You know, it's, uh, he, he's just always operating with with a different mindset, you know, I guess that is the nature and the mind of, of Christ and God, you know, and I love that because you, you mentioned something about the beauty of the external beauty mm -hmm. of, of the fig tree, but it wasn't bearing any fruit. And if we relate that to our lives, come on, sometimes, you know, as it relates to people, we they can be doing all the right things, but be dead as a doornail on the inside. You know, they don't have the love of Christ, or maybe they're bound in a religious spirit. So uh, Jesus came not only to set the sinners free, but also the religious people who were uh, prideful and religious arrogant. Sinners, Come yeah. on, the religious <laughs> sinners. He came yes. to set all them free. Yeah. And I love that here because the fig tree is a great analogy of something that does to the eye is appealing and beautiful. But, you know, and I think that's so powerful. It's a lesson for us in our lives that, come on, it's not just about the things that, that we do if it's not done in the right spirit. Does right. that make sense? Yes. Uh, and then having that knowledge, too, of, of Christ and, and this week and, and His mindset and his, uh, the way He served, uh, man, it, it's just super powerful for me. And one thing I always go back to, there are some other events you can uh, Google or just look up the days of Holy Week, because I don't think we have time to unpack each right. single day. But, you know, I always, when I'm reading these passages, I'm so moved uh, in my spirit because I can only think about what Christ must have been feeling or thinking. I mean, and in my question here, I, I posed it as if someone who had received a terminal diagnosis. Let's be honest, you know, Jesus knew what was going to happen. We see that in the in the account where he's meeting with his disciples and where the institution of the Lord's Supper takes place and he's trying to explain. And I think about his mind because we we understand that Christ was fully man yet fully God. And I think about man, what was he thinking? What was he feeling? And uh Man, it, it just it breaks my heart. So, uh, real quick, how crucial was that act of obedience that that Jesus demonstrated for us? Think about it. He could have run. He could have run. He could have run. He could have denied the Father. He could have, uh, but yet he he bent his own will to the will of the Father, and we see that in the account where he says, "Not my will, Father, but yours be done." So. Pastor Haley, what are, or Pastor Mike, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll jump on that. Um, the, the beautiful thing about the Gospel of John, it's different from the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mm -hmm. Synoptic comes from sin together, S-Y-N. 
sin together like a synthesizer and optic to see. So they, when you read through the Gospels, you say, okay, I've read this before. And you, mm-hmm. and you go, okay, right. here, here it comes again, and here it comes again. And sometimes one expands with details that are a little bit more uh, rich than the other one does. But what's unique about John is that it's written specifically to the believer, and wow. half the book is literally devoted to this week we're talking about. Wow. From John 12 all the way through the end of the, of the Gospel, we see Jesus in the garden literally praying in that moment of uh, his dark night of the soul, yes, so to speak. Yes, And he's, he's, he's looking. Yes, he is. He, he's, he's submitted, but he's basically saying, Father, if there's any way. Right. If it be your will. Is there another option? Take this cup from me. He was about to drink deeply from the cup of mm. suffering. Right. And become the sin bearer for the, for the world. And he said, if there's any way possible, but he said, not my will, Gosh. but yours be done. My, if, if we as believers who, who know that we're blood-bought, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who have a relationship with Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, can ever recognize the importance of not just Jesus doing that for me, but then letting Jesus do that in me, mm. where I can say, God, not my will, because his will is always better than mine. You know it. His thoughts are always higher than my thoughts. His ways are always better than my ways. And if I can learn to submit to that, I open up into a whole new dimension of the Zoe, the eternal life of Come God. On. Not in the future. Yes, certainly in the future, but not just for in, the future. Right. Right now. Right, right now. now. Sweet by and by will take care of itself. This gives me something in the, in the nitty-gritty nasty now and now. The right. kingdom is at hand. It's right it's here. Right. Right it's now. within my grasp. Right. Come on. Within my reach. Amen. Powerful pastor. Pastor Haley? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I don't think you can underemphasize obedience. It's what took Christ to the cross. You know, the willingness to lay down his own life for a people who didn't get it, mm-hmm. a people who rejected him. Um, but that obedience, there's a, I, I think about leading up to that moment, um, and I'm, I'm going to get somewhere, I promise you with no, this. No, please, take how, your time. Um, when Judas makes that plan to, mm. to betray him, Christ knew he knew, and there's a saying that's been going around, I've seen it on social media that says Judas ate too, and it's talking about how he even he was included at the Last Supper. Wow. And I think it emphasizes the importance of forgiveness. Goodness. But what I see, and I, I recognize that, but what I see here is really is that Jesus was able to recognize God's plan even through betrayal, even through mm. hurt, someone mm. who walked, lived, Worked alongside him, but eventually, and I mean, eventually turned his back on him. He was able to recognize God's plan even in the midst of suffering and pain and heartache. Mm. Goodness gracious. And there's power in that to say Mm. it it wasn't just what he endured on the cross, but even his whole life, he was saying, ultimately, not my will, but yours be done. You think about him leaving where he left to come and endure what he endured. That's something so powerful, but because of who he was, it gives us that same, um, I think, ability to say it as well, not my will, but yours be done, Lord. That even in the midst of suffering and heartache, that we can say, God, even in this, you can still have a plan. You may still be able to use this. You will be able to use this for good. Pastor, that is so powerful, and I say that, uh, well, what what you said in general is powerful, but 
I want to highlight something you mentioned because you said that he knew what Judas was going to do, yes. right? I remember that year we went to Catalyst. It's been years ago, but the theme was tension is good. I don't yeah. know if you guys remember that, mm, but mm. how can we, you know, I, I just want to apply that mm. in a real world setting because guys, y'all know how hard ministry Ooh. can be dealing with people, amen? <laughs> Uh, no matter where you go, no matter uh, who you are, you're going to you're going to encounter that. So I think you mentioned or hit on something that's really good is that come on, in spite of knowing right. that we'll have hardship or we may have times where there might not be full agreement, man, how can we embody that? You know, because it is so important. That we let this, I mean, I, I think it's one of the reasons why we're talking about this, not only to talk about what happened in that week in the life of Jesus, but also how can we apply that in our own lives? Mm-hmm. How can we take uh, His example to us and and make that be practical in our own lives? And I would just say, gosh, that was so powerful that Judas ate too, right. and that Jesus, uh, man, Jesus still fed him. He didn't kick him out. You know, and man, washed his feet. Washed it. Can you imagine? Washed his feet. The wa- very one who really kicked him when he was down, can, literally, washed his feet. And that's what different, differentiates Jesus from us. Because right. I will tell you, <laughs> I probably would have kicked him. <laughs> you know what I mean, right. Pastor? No, I, get it. Um, I think to follow the example of Jesus, and I think unless we, he saw something beyond. Yes, he did. Uh, Hebrews 12, uh, 3, or t- let's, let's start with 2. Um, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher Finisher. of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. And the passage goes on to talk about the opposition of sinners. It's it's the Greek word antilogia, which means a word spoken against. Wow. How many of us have ever had stuff spoken against us? You know it. Jesus. If anybody ever had a right to be offended, Jesus yeah. had a right to be offended, and he chose not to take up the offense. Right. Wow. He chose to forgive. As a matter of fact, the, the greatest statement on the cross, and of course, there's seven of them that are remarkable, but this one, I think, carries a degree of power beyond um, probably the rest of them. He said, Father, forgive them, for they just don't know. Wow. Right. Jesus loves ignorant people. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God. He loves me. Thank you, Lord. You know what? I have a little bit of knowledge, but the more I learn, the more I recognize how much I don't know. Wow. And the scary thing (laughs) is I don't know what I don't know. Exactly. But the, 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 the cure for that is I've got the Holy Ghost in my knower now. Yeah, Come on. First yeah. John 2 says you have an unction of the Holy One and you know, you know all things. Right. Well, I didn't know that I knew all things. <laughs> I don't in my own strength, but I do in the Holy Spirit. Right. That's right. So Jesus, what is so amazing is that in all of our ignorance and sin and rebellion, He said, Father, forgive them. And he loved us because he had a joy that was set in front of him. How do we endure tension? And we're just people. You know, we have disagreements. I'm I'm thankful that we're a team that's been together for well over 10 years. Yes, praise God. Uh, That's very uncommon. Yes. And we've walked through some uh, rough patches, just challenges, getting in this building, uh, enduring this pandemic. Yes. um, Dealing with sometimes misunderstandings with people. You know, the old leadership magazine cartoon said years ago, I love the ministry. It's the people I can't stand. <laughs> and you know, that works with every profession. Yeah. You know, you know I, my, my late wife used to say, I love teaching. I just can't stand the students. Exactly. She was joking. Of course. Not literally. 
Uh, and that works in every area because it's the, the human element is what we all have to right. wrestle through That's and hard. love people in spite of. Right. And yeah. you can't do it on your own. It takes the love of God Man. moving on the inside of us. And Jesus loved us so much that he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Agnoeo, they're ignorant. They don't know what they're doing. Right. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. Um, I, I just think about that time. You know, we see here Palm Sunday, Jesus has his entry. Says some significant things. Monday, Thursday commemorates the foot washing, Last Supper with Jesus. But then that brings us to Good Friday, and you know, Good Friday is the last earthly day that Jesus spent on on the earth. You know, and you you can read through the Gospels, and you understand the suffering that he went through. Yeah. Still, you know, going back to. Uh, in my mind, if I knew that that's what awaited me, I would. I, I could just imagine I would do everything I could to flee. But yet, Jesus submitted His will, and then we read through the gospel accounts that He was spat upon, mm. that the crown of thorns was placed on His head, that He was beaten with the cat of nine tails, that He was probably mocked. You know, there's so much that probably went on, you know, that we don't even know about. I can imagine that not only was uh, he beaten by the the Roman guards, but I can imagine that the treatment he was getting from the people who were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And there's, you know, there's a spirit, I call it the spirit of the age. You were talking about that just the other day, the zeitgeist, the, the spirit, but they would have rather seen uh, a murderer go and give and, us Barabbas. Come on. Give us Barabbas. They would rather see him set free and Jesus crucified. And I can only imagine in those moments, gosh, what Jesus must have been feeling and thinking. And it was so powerful that, you know, that that verse came true that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Pastor Haley, how important has that been uh, for you and your spiritual walk or any idea you have related to that? Because it's just so powerful. Yeah. You know, what I think you see um, in these moments is um, opportunities for hurt, for offense, Mm. for Mm. really... Uh, self-protection, but he continues to live open-hearted. Wow. And I think all of us at times, not to maybe the extent that Christ experienced it, but all of us, like Pastor said, have gone through seasons of tension, turmoil, hardships, where our first instinct, inclination is we want to shut everybody out. We want to shut ourselves in. We want to push away any opportunity for uh, further hurt. But Christ demonstrates an open-heartedness that I think is so... I think for all of us as believers, we could all learn from and should learn from that, um, that even when we recognize that hurt and pain will happen, um, that God can use it ultimately for His good man, um, and for His glory, and He can turn it around and make it a, a mess, really into a message. Yes. Um, and so for me, when I read through these these accounts, I think about that challenge, that con- constant mm. tension to live open-hearted in the midst of what is can be a painful, a hard life at times. Wow. Pastor Michael? Great word. I don't Super know that, that I can word. add anything to that um, other than just the fact that when this whole Good Friday thing starts and yes. he endures three yeah. mock trials, 
making fun of him by the high council, by standing before Pilate. Goodness. Who didn't listen to his wife when she said, I've had a dream. You better not have anything to do with this Come just on. man. Listen to your wife. Listen, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> if we learn anything, listen to your wife. And then he went through some motions and tried to wash his hands of it. And, you yeah. know, look, I, this isn't right, but I'm going to let you do it, which is just kind of... Gosh. I mean, almost harkens back to the silence of Adam in the garden yes. when the man should have spoken up and he didn't. And man. This woman that you gave me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, just seeing Jesus endure all of that and do that for me. Yeah. And um, to, to remember, I grew up a Pentecostal, independent Pentecostal, and there was not a lot of emphasis on the church calendar. Uh, certainly the resurrection was a huge thing, the, the crucifixion on, on Good Friday. But as I began to grow in my walk, and I, like Pastor Haley, I've had a very broad mm-hmm. exposure to the body of Christ. And right. because of that, I appreciate the body. I'm thankful yeah. Come on. That, uh, that we're not the only crew that's been invited to the party. To the table, that's right. That's right. And um, it's, there's a whole, matter of fact, there's going to be a whole lot of folk there that some folk are going to be shocked at. Like, you're yeah, here? So. You, know, you got the invite. <laughs> he gave you an invitation? <laughs> right. Exactly. And so I grew in an appreciation for the liturgical part of the church of Jesus Christ, just in an appreciation of the creeds, the Apostles' Creed, yes. the Nicene Creed, um, recognizing even Lent from from. Uh, Mardi Gras, you yeah, know, from Ash Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, yeah, Ash Wednesday, all the way up through Easter, the forty days. Um, and when I grew up as a young Pentecostal, that was kind of derided. It was almost made fun of a little right. bit. And then when I really began to understand the value of taking a specific time and giving up something in order to prepare my heart and grow closer to the Lord. It never was about earning my salvation. That's right. God's favor is a free gift. Sure. And I'm thankful for that. But when I take the time to consider and meditate on these things that he endured, and then I expand my understanding, because in these days, and this division that we're experiencing politically and theologically and all these things right now, it's like a whole part of the evangelical church has read all the Bible except for the red words of Jesus. Goodness gracious. When he told us, you know, when in those moments when I want to bring down fire and act like James and John and curse my enemies, Jesus yeah. said, no, no, wait a minute. You don't know what yeah. your spirit you're of. He said, pray for those who despitefully use you. Bless and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for your enemies. Wow. Man, I'm all about praying for the people I like. I yeah. pray for y'all all Come the time. <laughs> but praying for my enemies? Are Boy, you kidding Lord. me? That's tough. But that's what Jesus said, and that's what he did on the cross. Right. Every man on the planet, human, not just man, right. male, but human, was an enemy to God. Yes. And Jesus prayed for us. You know it. Goodness gracious, and we see that too, going back to what Pastor Haley said about Jesus, uh, Judas 8 too. Yeah, he did. Guess what? At that moment, he was an enemy. Uh, you know, it hadn't yet been revealed, but Jesus knew, uh, and that is powerful. Uh, thank God for that, right? Thank God that uh, because there are probably times in our own lives, whether we may not have felt like an enemy to God, but maybe our spirit, you know, pre-salvation, we're an enemy to God. It doesn't mean that we've done terrible things per se, but it does mean that, listen, if you're not covered in the blood, right? If if the the blood of the lamppost hadn't been applied to your heart, then guess what? You're an enemy to God, and that's so powerful, you know. uh, In those final moments, uh, Jesus on the cross... uh, and we see that he's, you know, surrendered 
his life, he does cry out and, you know, Father, why why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Why I? I can only imagine what he what he must have felt in that moment, but he surrendered his life and and became the, the lamb that would take away the sins of the world for us. And then uh, it's just so powerful. It moves me so much, no matter how many times like I read through those accounts. Right. It doesn't matter. Like It doesn't matter. It, it's still, you feel the power and the presence behind that. So how can we apply Holy Week? What are some things we can do? Because you hit on something that's very important, being intentional, right? I mean, let's be honest. We're all, uh, we got kids. We, mm-hmm. we got obligations just by way of being married, uh, maybe employment, whatever it is, there are obligations that take place. But how can we use Holy Week, or what are some things we can glean from Holy Week to apply in our own lives that might allow us to draw closer uh, to our Heavenly Father? Whoever wants to jump on that. Pastor Haley? No, I think you said one of the very first things that I wrote down is just to be intentional. Um, What was it that Jesus focused on? What was it that he spent his time doing mm. at the very end when he was probably really trying to, <laughs> you know, you'd hear people that will bring their families together those last those last moments to say the, the things that they feel like they want to say. Right. And that, that's what I feel like Jesus was doing. He was doing the things that were really at the heart of who he was in the Father um, at those last moments. And so being intentional about finding out what mattered to Jesus at the end. Yeah. What was he doing at the end? What was he speaking to? What was he calling out or addressing? What hypocrisies was he, you know, speaking to? Being intentional about finding out. And then really, I think being introspective, am I about the Father's business? Goodness. Am I doing what the things that matter to Jesus? Is that evident in my life? Right. Wow. That's powerful. Beautiful. Um, Just a couple of things come to mind. As Jesus hung on the cross and he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. The the record, the historical record, tells us it was about three o'clock in the afternoon. And whether it can be explained by a natural eclipse or whatever, I mean, it went dark. Something happened, yeah. And so I'm I'm not in any way... Afraid of somebody telling me, well, you know, the the moon passed in front of the sun or whatever, and it was it blocked out light because God, God uses can use it. natural circumstances it. in order to demonstrate His glory. Come on, and so whatever it ha- whatever happened, it still went dark. You right. know it, and the record tells us that in that moment, that the six inch thick veil between the holy place and the most holy place was torn, torn in two, top ripped to into. From top, top to the bottom, yes. which means it had to be a work from God. You know now, it. there's no man. You couldn't pull together 10 strong men in a contest with a rope pulling contest to to destroy this six-inch thick, six inch thick woven yeah. tapestry wow. that separated the holiest of all from right. the holy place, which was where the high priest went in once a year and right. there in front of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth. And so basically God said, now, because of what my son has done, there's open access to the heart of the Father. And then he was taken down from the cross. Prophecy was fulfilled. Not a bone of his was broken. And laid in a rich man's tomb that was borrowed. I don't want us to forget Holy Saturday. 
Come on, we were on our way. Yeah. I'm sorry. I no, didn't mean, please. Didn't mean to That's jump a ahead. Great, no. Didn't mean to jump ahead. Please do. But the fact that in that moment, I, this might shock you that I'm going to say it this way, but hope died. Right. Wow. You know, yes. Hope died. Their hope of a kingdom was gone. The hope of a Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. Was he the one where we fooled? Wow. The, 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 the week started with massive celebration. People are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, save me, O King of David, which is a, that's a message in itself because yes. they knew the connection prophetically. Right. <clears throat> and then we've got this unfolding, which I think is a process of what God does in our lives. He, he cleanses the temple and then he sets us down and he, he feeds us the, the, the bread and the beverage, the, the, the bread and the wine, which is his life and his body broken for us in the, on Monday, Thursday. Yes. Friday, he actually fulfills that symbolism actually in his body, on, right. in his death on the tree, became sin for us, uh, bore our sins and sicknesses for us. Uh, Isaiah says, by his stripes we are healed. 1 Peter 2.24 says, with his stripes we were healed because it looks back to the cross. Man. Beautiful. But the Holy Saturday thing is how I apply that to my life in the dark moments. <clears throat> darkest moment I've ever had in my life is five and a half years ago in my life. My wife passed. Mm -hmm. And uh, circumstances are, are too vast to go into the story. But it was dark. Wow. And I <clears throat> felt like I experienced a Holy Saturday in my own life when hope was, hope, gone. Hope was gone. And when, when you visit our liturgical brothers and sisters, an Anglican church or a Catholic church, they wrap the cross in a black veil mm. because it's the picture of death that has literally taken down Goodness. the Son of God who submitted right. to it. Okay, But the beauty of the story is that he didn't stay there. Right. Obviously, on. Sunday rolls around. T um, Evie Hill, the, the old Baptist black pastor years ago who's gone to be with the Lord in glory, used to preach a message called, It May Be Friday, But Sunday's Coming. Come on. So when it's Friday in your life and you feel like all hell's breaking loose, and then Saturday hits and, and everything's wow. died, your dreams have died, the love of your life may have died, mm. all the hope that you had for something to, to be fulfilled in your children or in your spouse or in your business or in your job or your work or your church or whatever, and it looks like it's all dead and buried, the message of Holy Saturday is don't quit because it's not over with. Man, that is so powerful. Pastor Haley, I want to give you an opportunity to respond because I'm so moved by that. You know, we think about everything that went on with Christ that Friday, uh, and, and that's really his, uh, what I would say, you know, we relate that to what happened to him, but Saturday is about what happened to us. Yes, right. yes. Saturday is about what happened to us That's because good. our our like you said our hope died and how how do we move on when everything that you'd been looking towards and putting your hope and your faith and your trust in I mean can you imagine I love the, that. the That's heart yeah. of the people Pastor Haley uh, what are your thoughts on that Gosh that I think that's where that faith comes in, um, that even when you can't see it, even when everything in front of you 
would tell you otherwise, that little inkling of hope, and it just takes a little bit. Just a little bit. That God is up to something. Amen. God is at work somewhere. Yeah. Even if everything that you thought was going to happen has died, God is up to something. That's where faith comes in, and we know it just takes a little bit of faith. Come on. <laughs> just a mustard seed of faith. That's all it yeah, takes. That's pretty small. <laughs> that's all. I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. And so I think in our own lives, when we're in those situations, we're in a Saturday where it seems like all hope is lost, just trusting, you know, Lord, I will see your goodness in the land of the living. Mm, it yes. will come to pass. I will see your goodness. Good stuff. In the sweet by and by even sometimes, you know, yeah, and so yeah. um, that, that faith, that's, that's, that's so where powerful. faith comes in. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, going into, you know, from Friday to Saturday and then hope was gone and but hope didn't stay gone too long no nope. right, right, right. you know yeah. what i mean and i think you just hit on that too pastor haley because it is you know i'm and i'll say this i'm glad i'm on this side of the event you know yes. what i mean how yeah. hard would it have yeah. been in that time right yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, but you know what they did have, and I think this is the practice that we as believers have to um, incorporate, is what they did have is memories of what Jesus had done. They'd seen him heal. That's true. They'd seen him deliver. That's They'd true. seen the blind eyes open. Come on. And so maybe that, that the... <laughs> the king that they thought his life didn't end like they expected, but they had memories of what they had seen wow. already happen. And so as believers, I think we have to put those things into practice in our own lives. That's true. Okay, I don't see it, but what I do have is memories of what God has done in the past. Goodness I gracious. I do have evidence of God's goodness in the past, and I've seen him do this, this, and this. And so that's what I'm going to have to hang on to. Come here. on. That's what I have to hang on to here, and that's a powerful thing. You know and it that's is. That little bit, that's all it takes is just that little bit, right? I, I'm thinking of um, the book of Revelation says, Weep not, mourn not, for the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the seals of the book. And John said, I looked and I saw a lamb. Wow. And it's amazing how the first time they looked for a lion and they got a lamb, wow. and there's a whole lot of folk looking for a, lamb, a lion now <laughs> yeah, to come yeah, back. yeah. <laughs> And I think that the the Old Testament prophecy in Isaiah said the lamb and the lion shall lay down, lie down together. And wow. I think we see that lying down in the nature of Jesus. Goodness. Because he's the lamb of God who took away the sins of the world, and he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yes. And the fact of the matter is, is there are times when he actually lets the lion loose in my, in my life. Come on. To deal with what needs to change. Yes. But then he's always there to bring the lamb, to, to minister to the brokenness, to the Come hurt, on. to the woundness. Because Jesus, and this is amazing, because so many Christians want a priest, but they don't want a king. You know it. Wow. They want a priest that'll bring all the blessings and pray the goodness of God down and stand in their stead and give them absolution of their sins. Yeah. But they don't want a king that tells them, now, this is how you need to live. They don't want right. that correction. The word of the king, and the word of the king is power, the Bible says. Right. And Jesus is the king priest. He is both. Wow. Zechariah says that he sits on the throne and holds both of those offices at the same Goodness. time, the king-priest wow. ministry. That's powerful. Praise God. Thank yeah. God for that. The meekness of the lamb, right? The yes. meekness and the softness of the lamb, but also the power and might of the lion. The fierceness Come of the on, lion. Come on, the fierceness, yeah. man. Uh, that's the God that we serve. Amen. Thank God for that. You know, Friday, what a, a terrible... Uh, 
terrible event when you think about it, but you know, it had to happen. It, it, you know, looking back into it, and then Saturday, the hopelessness that was there, and that brings us to to the Sunday, and that's what uh, what Holy Week concludes with is that Easter, that Easter Sunday, and that's that. You know, Jesus didn't stay in that tomb. Right. It may have been a borrowed tomb. It may have been a, a rich man's tomb, and it may have been nice. But thank God that that stone was rolled away, mm-hmm. and that when they went to look for him, that he had risen. He had risen, and then you know we we know the story of of the ladies that were the first at at the tomb, and you know that hope was again restored. And I. I can't help, but we're talking about how we apply all this to our own lives. Just thank God in our own lives that we can get that resurrection, even even when we feel hopelessness yeah. in our own lives. But with the conclusion of that Holy Week with the resurrection of Jesus, one of you, you know, how important is that? It really is this week, but particularly the resurrection, I feel it's it's the pinnacle of our faith, not only the virgin birth, but then also the the supernatural act that we experience uh, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How how crucial uh, is that? Pastor Lewis. Well, uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 4 says that he was declared with power to be the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead. Goodness. Um, <clears throat> nobody argues with the fact that he was a great teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, history recognizes him to be a phenomenal prophet. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but the fact that we have over 500 eyewitnesses wow. and we've got books that we can trust. You know it. Um, archaeologists, those who study ancient writings, lean into and believe in the veracity, the truth of two copies of Homer's Odyssey. But yet we have thousands of manuscripts, pieces wow. that give us the, the truth of the scripture and the historical accuracy of a resurrection. Wow. That Jesus got up out of the grave. Come he on. was declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. First Peter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has, past tense, mm. begotten us again unto a lively hope. Wow. We, we've got hope that we thought died is literally animating us now. Come it's, on. It's, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now in this moment. <laughs> Unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. God has sealed this. Mm. And that whole last week, four chapters of the Gospel of John, he's starts teaching them about, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send something even greater, another comforter, Come the Holy, on, Spirit. Holy Spirit. And he set it up for what comes next in the church calendars, the day of Pentecost. Unbelievable. He sends us that 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 parakletos, yes. that one who walks alongside us. The helper. At Christmas, he's God with us, Emmanuel. At Easter, he's God for us. Wow. God dying on the cross. Yeah. But at Pentecost, he becomes God in, in us. us. I love wow. that. Ooh, right. goosebumps. And that's because of the resurrection. Amen. Because of the resurrection. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Pastor Haley? 
Yeah, so, I mean, you see prophecy fulfilled, prophecy fulfilled, prophecy fulfilled. And I think because of that, it should be a confidence and an assurance that everything else that we read in Scripture, all of the promises, all of the blessings, mm. the inheritance that is ours. Come on. Yes. Is ours. It because is ours. He, I mean, the work has been done. He has confirmed mm. that what was said would happen has happened. Yes. What I say will happen will happen. Man. What had happened was. <laughs> <laughs> and so because of that, what will happen will. Yes, it will. Exactly. According to my word. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so powerful. And it's not just knowledge, you know, it's not just uh, knowledge that we read, but this is what uh, it changes us when it's applied. Yes. You know, it's one thing yes. to read it, mm. but when when you apply this and you receive this in faith, my gosh, it changes absolutely yes. everything. And if you're watching or, or listening to this podcast, I hope that you can apply uh, Holy Week in your own life. You know, uh, take those steps to to seek Christ deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have to do away with something, but be intentional. Yeah. I think we yeah. said being intentional is one of the the main things we can do. And I could probably go on another hour and talk about this, but man, so significant. Can I give you a final Please, thought? yes, sir. Dr. Billy Graham told a story one time about a man who asked the question of a pastor, if Christianity is so valid and so real, why is there so much evil in the world? Wow. And the old pastor said, with all the soap we have in the world, why is there so much dirty people? Wow. So many dirty people. Well, it's the fact that we've got the agent here. It yes. just needs to be applied uh, to deal with... <clears throat> Obviously, naturally, the soap and the dirt, but if unless Christianity is really applied and walked in, mm. it's not just in our head, but it transfers through our heart yes. and becomes part of our shoe leather and our walk. Come on. Then we see real distinct, significant yes. transformation and change in our lives. Man, beautiful, Pastor. Thank Let me love that. like Jesus. That's my prayer. Come on, me too. Pastor Haley, give us your closing thought. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever want, you know, Easter comes around every year. Every year. <laughs> and I don't ever want it to become uh, just another event mm, right. this year. Yes. I always want uh, the weight of those events. I always want the significance of those events to be fresh in my life. Wow. And so always prayerful, Lord, give me a fresh perspective on this. Beautiful. I don't want it to become commonplace for me for it to just become something that I'm used to. Wow. And I'm thankful that he is so faithful, and he will do that. He yes, will do that. He will. He is faithful. <laughs> I think that's why it's so good to learn from our brothers and sisters from different denominational persuasions. That's true. Because when we catch a glimpse of the cross in a different light, come on, it it becomes a whole fresh understanding. Right. I've read through the Bible every year since I was 18, and I've done it in multiple translations, because if you do the same every year, you start to get familiar, yeah. and you start to think, well, yeah. I already, I've already squeezed all the juice out of that great <laughs> called the 23rd Psalm, yeah, yeah. but then you have the shock value of reading it in another translation, and it just goes, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. see something fresh. Yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let right. this work in my life. Right. Man, and that's the thing right there, you know, uh, let, it, let this work in my life. And it doesn't work if you don't uh, work to be intentional about it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, so powerful, you know, uh, that that week was a, a history-changing and history-making week, but we can have that own holy week in our own lives. And that's that's what it is about. And I, I pray that as we approach this season that we are just intentional about seeking God in a new way. I'm going to be reading through the Gospels again as we're approaching, uh, you know, during the Easter season. So 
awesome conversation. I really appreciate both of you, your input, uh, and I think it's powerful. This so, is fun. Absolutely. Thanks Amen. for thanks for joining. This is the first of many sessions that we're going to have. Man, look forward so to it. We'll keep doing this, and I hope you guys, uh, you know, learned maybe, maybe not learned something, but I hope it was an encouragement to you. In uh, in maybe you're walking through a a, a hopeless uh, Saturday right now in your own life, but just just hang on. It only takes a little bit of faith. And we know God can do big, big things with a small amount of faith. Yes, amen. Thank you both. Love you much. Amen, love you. Take care.